This is episode 166 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life. Today's articles are Three Things to Consider Before Going Off-Grid and How to Dehydrate Fruits, Vegetables, and Herbs. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey, we talked about uh, just this week we've been talking about uh, Catalonia and, uh, you know, the Catalonia declaring their independence. And they did that today, but they did it in a way that kind of leaves it open for discussion with Spain. And so the president got up and he said that there was, uh, you know, that, that the people have spoken, that, you know, that Catalonia, you know, does declare their independence, but they're suspending the, uh, the actual signing of, of the documents or whatever so that there could be talk. And uh, I know uh, I read one article that said that he wanted, uh, they were looking for the EU to come in and mediate, but the EU had already said that they weren't going to mediate. And of course, the EU doesn't want to mediate because the EU wants Catalonia to stay in Spain so that they can continue to get all their, you know, the, their money and tax and all that kind of junk uh, from from all of that. You know, all that p- plays into the EU because um, I, I, I'm assuming they probably don't know how, um, you know, where Catalonia will fall on all of that. And so one of the things that I, I also read was if uh, Spain was going to uh, invoke, you know, that article, like it was uh, that last ditch effort, uh, which it was the nuclear uh, effort in uh, that uh, meaning that they would go in there and uh, they would uh, take Catalonia back by force. And so I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. People are, you know, we're still watching it. And uh, keeping abreast of all of that. And, and you know, uh, we talked a little bit about that yesterday, about how important it was to stay aware of what was going on. Uh, on George Report, they were talking about North Korea or, uh, you know, Donald Trump and the, you know, the U.S. generals were coming into the White House for the, to the war room to talk about North Korea. There was uh, articles that North Korea had hacked into South Korea and uh, downloaded the plans, uh, the U.S. war plans. I can't believe that it would be that easy that uh, the war plans that uh, that they gave, you know, that the U.S. would just give it over to South Korea and South Korea would just have it open enough to where uh, another country could download them. Um, if anything, maybe they put some false information out there. I don't I don't know. Uh, I'm not a general and I'm not someone who wants to make war. So I don't know how all that would go. But, um, you know, uh, having all that talk out there in the news uh, you know, it's not good because uh, it's out there and uh, tensions can escalate very, very quickly because the, the little crazy man in North Korea uh, is not going to back down. Uh, so you have that. It does look like the NFL owners have backed down. It looks like they have uh, signed, uh, um, the Goodall has signed uh, a letter stating that all NFL players will go ahead and stand. And you know, what? the fact is, is that when you hurt their pocketbook, when you hurt the money that they're that they're receiving, yeah, they're going to make that change, and that's all that is. It's not it's not an issue of, hey, we believe that we need to respect the flag or anything like that. It's all about money coming in, and uh, you know that's that's why they've made that decision because they they see the writing on the wall, and they they keep every week they're losing 
they're losing viewers. Monday Night Football was, uh, I had heard or read that it was very bad for them. So they lost more viewers. So, of course, they're going to make that decision because they don't want to lose money. All right, so, uh, you know, always things out there in the news to, uh, to consider and to be thinking about. All right, so um, our first article comes to us from preparenessmama.com. And the article is entitled, Three Things to Consider Before Going Off-Grid. At the end, um, she is uh, hitting on a, a book. and She's kind of promoting a book. And I believe that I've talked about this book as well early on in the podcast, um, you know, er, early episodes. But uh, the information here is good. And going off-grid and specifically means to power your home, solar, is, uh, is always, always a big topic. I know that when we post things like that on Prepper website that people are interested in that. Because a lot of people want to know, if not, hey, we're going off-grid or whatever for that reason. Uh, along the lines is, hey, I want to ease um, the, the, the burden on my family as much as possible. If the poop hits the fan, I want to be able to provide some kind of electricity. You know, I want to be able to have some kind of light or I want to be able to charge, uh, you know, some radios and be able to communicate and, and different things like that. So... It's always a big topic in preparedness is how can we use solar and how can we maximize it uh, for our benefit. And so let's go ahead and get into this article. Generating your own power is a lifestyle change. Create an off-grid system so if something devastating happens, natural or otherwise, you still have power. We have all been there when a cold front comes in and our home's electrical system had to work double time to maintain a comfortable temperature. We often feel like we don't have any other choice. Then one day you take a trip out to your mailbox and you see it, last month's electric bill. You don't want to open it and see just how much you really owe, but you don't have any other choice, or do you? Lately, there's been more attention on alternative lifestyles like tiny homes and living off-grid. It's fun to watch these shows and imagine what you would do in that situation. But have you ever really thought about it? Here are some important things to consider before going off-grid. How much power do you really need? Depending on the year your home was built, homes that are connected to the grid can generate between 7,200 to 48,000 watts of energy a day. This depends on your amp and voltage service, which is 60 to 200 amps and 120 to 240 volts. This is your capacity, not how much energy is used. According to Google, a typical family will use 911 kilowatts per hour. Although this average is only close to what is typically used in Ohio, other states differ greatly. To convert how many watts that is, it's important to know that there is 1 kilowatt per 1,000 watts. Multiply the 911 kilowatts an hour by 1,000 and you get 911,000. This means that over the course of a month, it's about 30,000 watts used a day. 911 kilowatts times 1,000 is 911,000. And then 911,000 divided by 30 is 30,366 watts. That is a lot of energy every day that you would have to generate on your own if you were to completely go off-grid. Because that is, at least at first, a totally unrealistic goal for energy consumption. Off-grid, you will need to change your habits. For example, you don't need to have the lights on at night when you are watching TV and you don't need the lights on in a room 
that you just left. Small little changes will help to cut down your power use and will help conserve energy down to something that you can realistically generate. Let's do a little math. There are two parts to generating energy or watts. They are voltage and current. Voltage is the pressure of electrical power and current is the flow of the electricity. It is also measured in amps. To figure out how much power you need, here's the equation. Volts times current times wattage. So if you have two volts and multiply it by three currents or amps, you will need six watts. Look at any appliance in your home and you will be able to find a tag that states how, how much watts will be required to run it. Sometimes the tag will state outright the watts required, but if not, multiply the amps by 120 volts. 120 volts because that is a typical home volt service. So how much time do you have to maintain your off-grid system? This is entirely up to you. When you are first starting out, it will take a lot of work and probably some trial and error to figure out how your off-grid system is going to work. It will take time to reorient, reorient your lifestyle from I turn this switch on and I automatically get power to I had to do X and Y to generate this power and store energy in my Z battery so that I can turn on this light. You'll have to be mindful as well that you aren't depleting your energy stores faster than generating more. Do you have the money or resources to go off-grid? This is also a big concern. Going off-grid has to be expensive, right? Wrong. There are many different things you can do to power your home or on your own without spending a ton of money. There are so many options to generating your own power, some of which include rechargeable batteries, KTOR, pedal power, or solar panels. Do what is right for you and, more importantly, what you can afford. Many of those items are things you only have to purchase once, but some you can jimmy-rig for yourself using things you probably already have in your garage. Is it worth it? Well, that all depends on you. Do you want to just get the monkey off your back and stop paying the electrical company so much money every month? Or do you want to create your own system where if something devastating happened, natural or otherwise, you could still have power? Generating your own power is a change of lifestyle and a commitment to deciding what you really truly need. You can learn more about becoming energy self-sufficient, a prepper's total grid failure handbook by Alan and Arlene Feibig. At the intersection of preparedness and homesteading is self-reliance, and prepper's total grid failure handbook is here to help readers take the next step towards off-grid living and true energy independence, or true energy dependence. Most Americans are accustomed to the convenience of electricity, light, refrigeration, temperature control, and communication at the, tip, at the flip of a switch or touch of a button, but it only takes a storm, faulty equipment, or sometimes even just a misguided squirrel to remind us how fragile our energy grid really is. Although a short-term power outage is weathered easily enough, the questions remain, how long can we rely on fossil fuels for energy, and what will we do if the power never comes back on? Alan and Arlene Feibig, authors of the big offers of the blog Off Grid Greeks, Geeks. I'm sorry about that. Uh, present their journey to sustainable living in a clear, reliable, relatable format that allows anyone, regardless of experience in electrical engineering, to understand more about the power systems in their home by learning to master renewable energy sources, high efficiency appliances, and storage solutions readers can reduce or even eliminate their reliance on public utilities. All right. So, uh, yeah, that book, 
I think is, is if that's the one that I'm thinking of. Uh, and you know what? Let me hold on a second. Let me go double check that. <laughs> okay, uh, had to go had to go double check because it was starting to to eat me up. Uh, yeah, that is the book that I talked about before, and uh, that is a good book. So definitely, uh, if you are interested in off grid power and uh, solar systems and things like that, you want to definitely go check this book out. Um, it, it's uh, it's definitely worth it to have if you're interested in doing that. And the thing is, is that if you're you're making the purchase and you're buying all this equipment, you definitely want to do it right. So invest a little bit of, of uh, time and money in figuring out how to do it right before you go blow a lot of money on equipment and things like that. But let me talk a little bit, just, just a little bit about one of the things that this article kind of briefly touched upon. When we're talking about, um, we're, okay, we're very, very used to uh, our electricity. And we know that, it, you know, we hear all the horror stories. I've read the articles, EMP, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. Um, if you know our electricity goes down, uh, researchers have have uh, they believe that like um, in a year, the 90% of the population is going to be dead, something like that. Crazy, crazy numbers. Uh, we're so used to it, we don't know how to how to act and how to respond and how to how to live without electricity. I and mean, what would we do with all our without our our gadgets and and how would we you know uh, uh, keep our food you know uh, and 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 man, there's just so many things there with that. And so when people start talking about going off grid, um, it's almost like okay, I want to take my lifestyle, the lifestyle that I have right now, and then but I want to go completely off grid. And I don't want to be tied to the, the electrical uh, grid at all. And a lot of the times that's not possible to do. I mean, there's, it's, you would have to have such a big system and, and you would have to invest so much money in that that it's probably not worth it. And more, most people who are, who are preppers, who are trying to build a more self-reliant life, uh, you know, don't have the money to, to invest in something like that. I mean, we're talking about big, big bucks to be able to do that. And so a lot of the times you're talking about a smaller solar system. And so you have to be, uh, you have to change your habits with this article alluded to. You have to change your habits. You can't just, you know, leave, uh, you know, this light running. You can't have the AC going. You probably, you're not going to be running AC at all. Uh, but you just can't leave fans running. You can't just leave the TV going. Uh, you know, th those kinds of things. You're going to have to really truly change the way that you consume electricity. Uh, and it's going to, you know, make a mean a, a big lifestyle change for you. The 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 other thing that I want to touch on here, though, is that eventually it's all going to fail, right? Um, and and of course, yeah, uh, until it does, solar panels and and uh, you know batteries and uh, having you know all that you know inverters and all that kind of stuff. Um, would be so great. I mean, and you could possibly, if you were in a situation where you, um, if you were in a situation where you could uh, uh, barter and it was safe to barter and you did have those kinds of things, you could charge people's batteries for them or, you know, whatever, you know, you could, you could kind of do that. I mean, there would be a lot of rechargeable batteries around and you could be one of those people that could recharge batteries and you could earn, earn a nice little living until things started failing, right? And so, uh, you know, what, that's one of the things that you always consider because even if there is an EMP, even if, you, even if you are, you know, so secluded that no one could ever touch you in your, your retreat or whatever, eventually someday 
things are going to fail. You know, batteries don't last forever. And so, you know, you would have that, that thing to consider. And so, uh, you know, there, I think there is a lot of benefit to having uh, a solar system, having a small solar system. Uh, I remember early on in Prepper website uh, watching um, a, a YouTube video by Southern Prepper One where he talked about uh, the cheap solar panel uh, the solar panels that you could get from Harbor Freight, I think it's like $149. Uh, you know, they come with a you know a little light and different things like that, and and just to kind of get your feet wet if you wanted to do that, or if you wanted to go just a little bit higher end. Uh, you know, the Renogy, I, I always link to those on Prepper website. Uh, the solar panels are really good, and uh, you know you can uh, play around with those just a little bit, you know, a little bit more and uh, a little bit higher end and higher wattage. Because uh, the, the Harbor Freight ones aren't you know high wattage at all, and then of course the the solar industry is always making advances. Uh, you know I'm always getting emails from people wanting me to review their products, and uh, there's some really great things out there. Uh, things that have come you know solar has come a long long way, and so uh, I again I think it's uh, if if you can if you have a little bit of money to put into it I think it would be beneficial to have uh, a, a, a small solar panel system. So that you can have some lights, so possibly you could run some fans, uh, things like that. Uh, and then, you know, if you're wanting to scale up a little bit bigger, you know, definitely go check out that book. I think you would check out that book in, anyway, uh, you know, to make sure that you're doing everything right and you're meeting all your needs. Uh, but uh, you know, you can build your system, and then with the idea that you're going to scale up, uh, that would be something something uh, to consider there. All right, so that's over at preparednessmama.com. Uh, again, like always, I will link to it in the show notes. Our next article, since we're kind of like talking about being off-grid and not having electricity and all that, um, this article is about dehydrating fruits, vegetables, and herbs, and it comes to us from survivalsullivan.com. Uh, Brian over on the Facebook group posted some plans to uh, a solar dehydrator uh, that, you know, that he, uh, you know, <laughs> I guess he's like, it's a DIY on his list to do. And so uh, there's ways to do that. I know that those those articles come out every once in a while where people have done something like that and uh, ways to show you how to build a, a solar dehydrator that doesn't require anything or any uh, power at all. Uh, this article is going to talk about a bunch of different ways to dehydrate fruits, vegetables, and herbs. And one of the things, not only is it one of those things where you want to have the knowledge of and, and uh, of, of doing this in case... Um, we're, we're ever in a situation where we need to learn how to preserve our food and we don't have like refrigerators and things like that or canning uh, materials and things like that. Uh, the other side of that is that if you've ever bought fruit and, and, and vegetables that are dehydrated, they're very, very expensive. And so if you can uh, do your own, you know, you can do it for a fraction of the price and uh, you know what you're getting into, you know what you're buying and, uh, you know, the, when when things go on sale, when it's the season, when apples are in season and uh, you go to the grocery store and there's a, a bunch of apples and, and you get them at a good price, you can bring them home and dehydrate them and, and save a lot of money and use them later on down the road. Same thing with all kinds of vegetables and stuff. Uh, we're very lucky in this country because a lot of the times we have all the vegetables that we want pretty much year round. If you're going to a regular grocery store, if you're you know buying completely organic, I mean you know that there are just there's certain seasons where things are available. 
and so you might want to dehydrate so that you can have those uh, those things fruits and vegetables available to you all year long so let's go ahead and read this one uh, by survivalsullivan.com dehydrating fruits vegetables and herbs when it comes to dehydration there are a few better options when it comes to preserving in-season produce dehydrated foods if properly stored last for months if dehydrated food is stored properly some homesteaders even claim that dehydrated food can last up to a year unlike canned and frozen foods the equipment for which takes up quite a bit of space dehydrated foods can be stacked and stored easily little equipment is required to successfully dehydrate your foods and even beginners can learn to do it with a very few startup resources it is a great option for a prepper or homesteader looking to maximize storage space and build enough for of a food storage to last throughout a long winter season drying food using a dehydrator removes enough moisture from food so that bacteria yeast and mold cannot grow it should be noted that fruits vegetables and herbs and otherwise anything plant-based are the only products that should be dehydrated according to these methods meats can also be dehydrated but require additional time and know-how as well as the addition of several ingredients there are five methods that you can use when dehydrating your produce though the use of a dehydrator in an oven in the oven I'm sorry through the use of a dehydrator in an oven in the sun in the microwave or in fresh air essentially any of these methods will work so long as you have low humidity and a source of low heat around 130 degrees Fahrenheit you also need ample air circulation to help remove moisture from the food the steps for each process are outlined below fruits vegetables and herbs can essentially be dehydrated in exactly the same way it should be noted that due to the low acidity of most vegetables these should never be dehydrated using the Sun or air methods using a dehydrator is best for most types of vegetables as their low acidity can affect food safety the ingredients needed fresh fruit vegetables or herbs use the best quality produce for the best results and avoid overripe or bruised products a knife and airtight container or freezer bags cutting board spices are optional sugar is optional and salt is optional you will also need one of the following a hot dry location within your home an oven a microwave or a dehydration machine how to dry fruits and vegetables the first two steps although the methods and instructions will vary slightly for foods depending on how you choose to dehydrate them the first two steps must be followed for any type they are as follows: peel your fruits and vegetables this is optional but generally skin will become tough during the dehydration process so removing it helps the overall flavor of your food sliced peeled pieces will dry more quickly than those that haven't been peeled as well because skin reduces surface area and does not allow moisture to escape pre-treat your foods some foods dry better when pre-treated as this process reduces oxidation many foods achieve a better color and nutrient content when pre-treated this also increases shelf life additionally any fruit that has been left unpeeled or uncovered must be treated to destroy bacteria or insect larvae to pre-treat fruits place them in a solution of a half a teaspoon of a citric a half a teaspoon of citric acid with two cups of water or equal parts lemon juice and water leave them in there for 10 minutes before beginning the dehydration process to pre-treat vegetables blanch three to five minutes in boiling water blanching is a good idea for vegetables such as broccoli cauliflower potatoes and corn 
Onions, garlic, and herbs do not need to be blanched. To pre-treat fruits and vegetables for which you leave the skin intact, such as blueberries or cranberries, prepare boiling water. Dip each piece in boiling water to crack the skins. Do not leave the fruit submerged or you will cook it. Chill and then dehydrate. So how to dehydrate fruits, veggies, and herbs, the dehydrator method. A dehydrator typically creates the best quality pro product compared to other methods of drying. Although most machines are inexpensive, their purchases can be a barrier for many beginner homesteaders. Therefore, other options are available that maximizes the resources you already have. Dehydrators consist of an electric element that produces heat along with a fan and vent to circulate air. These machines dry food quickly, uniformly, and safely because they consist of several racks stacked on top of each other and are entirely enclosed. You don't have to worry about pests nibbling on your fruits and veggies before they're done drying. The instructions. Follow the first two steps, peeling and pre-treating. Slice fruits and vegetables thinly. Place pieces on drying rack of the dehydrator without allowing them to overlap or touch. Return trays to the dehydrator. Dehydrate at a temperature of 140 degrees Fahrenheit for anywhere between 5 to 30 hours. The length of dehydration will depend largely on the type of food you are drying. Use judgment and follow the guidelines below to ensure the food is entirely dry. <clears throat> uh, guys, I'm sorry. My uh, allergies are kicking up. My, my mouth is so dry. I'm stopping every once in a while to, uh, to drink water, but it's still it's not enough. Uh, so you're going to have to excuse me on this one. All right, so uh, test your food periodically to see if it has cured properly. Dehydration is complete when fruit is pliable and no beads of moisture appear. Perfectly dehydrated vegetables will be brittle and crunchy. Do not move or pack food until it is completely dry. Dried food can be packed into an airtight container for several days, then stored in a dark location. Make sure food is packed tightly. This will allow any remaining moisture to distribute evenly. And there is a, um, uh, a video here. There are several videos and links definitely in the, uh, in the article that you can check out. The air drying method. Air drying works well for low maintenance produce such as herbs, hot peppers, and even mushrooms. Air drying can be difficult because it requires a hot, airy location that is often not available in most households. However, it is a free process and requires no extra equipment. Air drying differs slightly from sun drying as it must take place indoors. This can be done regardless of where you live, but you must still moderate the condition. Air drying can take place in a ventilated attic, spare room, or screened-in area such as a greenhouse. The instructions. Follow the first two steps, peeling and preparing. Bind fruits and vegetables in a tight bundle using a stem, or place them evenly next to each other. It's okay if they touch. Place or hang your foods in an area with good ventilation and high heat. For example, you can place individual pieces on a milk crate or mesh window screen or hang in a sunny window. Allow the pieces to dry for two to six days. Follow the same steps you would with dehydration machines to ensure that your food is fully dehydrated. About 20% moisture will remain in air-dried fruits and vegetables, so you may want to consume it more quickly than you would food dehydrated with a machine. Dehydrating fruits, vegetables, and herbs, the sun-drying method. Sun drying is a method that requires consistent exposure to direct sunlight during the day. This one is tricky to do unless you live in a hot arid climate such as in the American Southwest. Most locales will not receive a low enough relative humidity to sun dry fruits and vegetables. 
This option only takes about three to four days, but if humidity is high, the food will mold before it gets a chance to dry. This makes it futile effort for many. However, many popular foods such as raisins are typically sun-dried. Instructions. Follow the first two steps, peeling and preparing. Bind fruits and vegetables in a tight bundle using a stem or place them evenly next to each other in an outside location. Spread foods out on paper-lined trays covered with cheesecloth. Turn food every day. Allow the pieces to dry for two to four days. Follow the same steps as you would with a dehydration machine to ensure full dehydration. It's important that you turn the pieces every day so that they receive equal sun and heat exposure, as well as aeration. Make sure your pieces are covered. Since this process is conducted outside, your food is more likely to be nibbled by pests. And uh, at the beginning uh, of, the, uh, of this article, I did mention that Brian had uh, dropped uh, an article on the, in the Facebook group. And I'm just, I, I'm not familiar because I have never built one of those before. I'm just wondering if uh, having one of those helps with the humidity. And so maybe someone who has uh, built an outside, you know, uh, dehydration uh, rack, um, you know, the kind that you have a slanted, uh, slanted glass and uh, you have ways for air to get in or whatever, but, you know, the, the sun gets in there and it's, it creates a, a high heat in there. Um, you know, you, if you've ever done that before, I'd appreciate your, uh, your feedback on that. Uh, if you can do that even in a, in a hum, humid environment. There's also uh, a video here on the sun drying method that you can uh, check out. So how to dehydrate fruits, vegetables, and herbs, the microwave drying method. I don't know if I'd want to do this one, but here it goes. Microwave drying works best for small quantities of food. Typically, only herbs and leaf vegetables can be microwave dried. Others will generally wilt or cook through entirely before they are dehydrated. Foods that have been microwave dried generally just taste overcooked instead of dehydrated, and the jury is still out when it comes to the safety and long-term preservation of food using a microwave. The instructions. Follow the first two steps, peeling and preparing. Place no more than five small pieces of food between two paper towels. Microwave for two to three minutes. After three minutes, remove the plants and allow them to cool. If they are dry and brittle, they are done. If not, if not, continue to microwave for intervals of 30 seconds until, each, until they are finished. Follow the same steps as you would with a dehydration machine to pack and store your food. Um, another video there for you uh, to check out. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> the microwave method. Uh, don't know if I would ever try that one. Uh, the oven drying method. Using an oven is another option. Most households have an oven, so this is a highly convenient and inexpensive option. However, it takes three times longer to dry food in an oven than in a dehydrator, as it is not as efficient. Ovens also do not have built-in fans, so it's necessary to add your own for necessary air circulation. You must also have an oven that can be set as low as 140 degrees to avoid cooking your food instead of drying it. Instructions. Follow the first two steps, peeling and preparing. Place your foods on a clean cookie sheet or wire rack. Do not allow the items to touch or overlap each other. Heat your oven to 130 degrees Fahrenheit. Allow your food to dehydrate for several hours. While dehydrating, leave the oven door propped open about 2 to 3 inches. Additionally, place a large fan near the outside of the oven to ensure that food receives proper air circulation. It is also advisable to monitor the, the drying temperature by using a thermometer, especially if your oven is finicky or sensitive to operating at low temperatures. You want to make sure you aren't overcooking your food. Food will be dehydrated after about six hours if using a wire rack 
or 8 hours if using a cookie sheet due to the difference in ventilation. Follow the same steps as you would with dehydration machines to determine if your food is fully dehydrated and to store. Drying your fr fresh fruits and vegetables and herbs is a process that allows you to enjoy the bounty of your garden throughout the year. Even if you have limited startup funds or time, dehydration is an enjoyable hobby that will allow you to store and stockpile food to your heart's content. All right, so um, I, I have played with dehydration before, and we did get one, uh, one of the cheaper models, and it did take a lot longer uh, for that than, say, like an Excalibur. So if you're interested in doing this, the Excalibur is like the Cadillac of, uh, of dehydration machines or dehydrators. And so, uh, you know, that, that is the one that you, you, know, you really want to get. If you're really into this and you really want to start doing this, um, there's, there's smaller versions, like I said, that you can go buy uh, maybe for 40, 50, 60 bucks. Uh, a lot of the times you can find used ones on Craigslist and, you know, find someone who's willing to, uh, to sell it for cheap. Uh, and, but, you know, they do, they do uh, take a lot longer. I have made jerky in those cheaper versions and it did take, but it, it did take a long time. So, uh, you know, something interesting uh, to, to consider there. And if you've never done it, you know, it might be something to, uh, to look into, especially if you're a gardener, man. I mean, if you're a gardener and uh, you are, uh, and you have uh, fruits and, you know, you got a fruit tree or something like that, uh, if, you know, canning materials, definitely, if you ever thought, so if you're a canner, if you, if you can, and you ever thought that, you know, the poop would really hit the fan, you definitely want to go invest in canning, uh, canning lids and rings. I mean, that's one thing that you want to just go stock up on. Um, but, you know, if, if uh, for whatever reason, eventually those would run out as well. And so if you have a lot of fruit trees and you want to keep that fruit, you know, uh, the, you know there's only a certain amount of time where it's going to be good. And possibly using a, a, the dehydration, a dehydration method, uh, in that case, maybe like the, the outside version or maybe even building one might be something that you want to be interested in. So uh, if you are interested in that or any of the other things that we talk about in the Facebook group, come on by and come join us. You can go over to the prepperwebsitepodcast.com and hit free Facebook group and it'll take you right there and you can just ask to join and, and um, you know, we'll, uh, we'll get you in there and uh, just make sure that, uh, you know, you, uh, you're not some crazy person trying to come in and, and sell items to everyone. That has happened before, and I just put a stop to that because I really want it to be a, a learning environment. And uh, so it's growing over there. I really appreciate that. I appreciate everybody that's uh, that's there and helping out and, and helping to uh, provide advice. And there's a lot of people just kind of lurking, and that's good. And, and sometimes people who are lurking come out and, and ask questions, and, and that's good. I, I uh, always truly enjoy that uh, when I see people that are learning and growing and, and becoming more self-reliant. I mean, that's the goal, while trying to get become more self-reliant, not be so dependent on all the things that are out there uh, that we uh, have become so accustomed to in our modern, our, our modern life. So uh, that's over at Survival Sullivan. Like always, I provide links to all these articles in the show notes. If you get those like on iTunes or uh, you know, you're using another pocket cast or another pocket, uh, podcast catcher, man, I'm having trouble talking today. And again, my, uh, my tongue is sticking to the roof of my mouth. It's just it's so dry, even with drinks. I mean, I hit pause. So I don't know if you noticed, but I mean, I have to hit pause every so often just to take a drink. And uh, voice is cracking and the whole deal, man. So, uh, yeah, sinuses, it, 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 uh, the allergies and sinus pressure sucks right now in Houston. Uh, everyone is, is that I know of that seems to be dealing with it. 
I don't know if it's uh, you know a result of Harvey or it's just the season. But man, it, it truly, truly sucks. And uh, sinus pressure has just been nonstop for me lately, and um, I, I totally hate that. Um, so <laughs> I'm having trouble today. Uh, so uh, if you haven't had a chance, come on by and join the mailing list as well, the email list. Love for you to be a part of that. Uh, those of you that are on the email list, uh, you received that that email that I sent out today. Hopefully that was uh, a nice little blessing to you, a nice little just uh, you know yeah, a preview of what's coming out. And uh, everyone else is going to get to see that here real soon. I've got I received some feedback uh, that I appreciate. And so, uh, you know, looking forward to release, uh, releasing the next thing from uh, the Prepper Website podcast and Prepper Website. So uh, with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.